So good evening and welcome to Young Urban Zen. Um, and the um, topic that I wanted to talk about this evening is something I think that most people can identify with, especially if you have um, a modern life and a modern job or you live in places like the Bay Area. Um, and that is um, feeling really busy. Um, that is feeling like you have a lot to do. Um, that is feeling like, um, you know, I don't have enough time in my day to get my stuff done. Or when I look at my timeline of the things that I want to get done, it just seems like I'm not getting enough done. And it seems like I'll never get to that place where I can exhale, you know, where I'm like, I'm like, okay, now I'm living my life. Okay, this feels like I'm living my life. Like right now, it's like, okay, yeah, I arrived. Yeah, this is my life. I've arrived. This is, I'm living my life. Usually we have this other thing that we do, which is a treadmill, which is one day I will live my life. You know, once I sit 10 years of Zazen and I get really, really calm inside, um, one day I will, I will have the life where um, I have figured out how to work with screens and people and meetings and technology and I can do it in a way that doesn't make me anxious and worried and sleepless and worn out. Um, and I'll have the perfect relationship. And we will go to couples relationship stuff at Esalen. And we'll have kids. And the kids will have like their college paid for. And we'll have a property. And we'll save up to buy a house. And then the kids will get to go to college. And then I'll stay in great shape. And, you know, all these sorts. And it's like, well, okay, when, when will I actually live my life? Like, is it when you retire? Is it when you sell your first company? Is it when you have the wonderful, amazing relationship that can, you know, with your soulmate that no one could ever bother? Um, or is it when you have your perfect kids? Or is it when your kids get into the perfect college? Or when your kids sit 10 years of Zazen and they, <laughs> they quit being like the kids that you had and then they grow up? And it's like, okay, now you get it. Like, when, when will like, you live your life? I am living my life right now. This is my life. This is your life. This is your life. It's not going to happen in the future. This is your life. It's happening right now. And when I think about that, I start to get off the treadmill just a little bit. Just a little bit psychologically. You know? Okay. Okay. I, I actually have arrived as much as I will ever arrive. I really have. And if you ever had like what you consider to be like a huge win in your life, like you got into the high school that you wanted to get into, or you got into the college that you wanted to get into, or you dated the person that you wanted to date, or you worked at work on a huge project, and then the project was finally completed, and it was a success, what happened the next day? You're like, oh, yeah, wait, it's not done. I still feel like I've got the treadmill going. I had huge wins when I was in the financial markets, and I worked um, at a bank, and then we had these huge monthly goals, and then sometimes we'd hit them, you know, and we'd all celebrate, and then like two hours later, I'd be like, Wow, that didn't solve anything. So right now, you're living your life. And when I'm going around in my busy life, many times, even here at the temple, I'm the CFO of Zen Center, so I've got a lot of different you know, 
moving parts and I got a staff and we've got meetings and people doing stuff and directors and we've got three different temples and I can be going down the hallway sometime here at city center and like I've got 10 things in my mind and I've got to get somewhere and I've got a meeting in fact it's even happened to me today and um, like somebody stops me in kind of like a calm way like they've got all the time on earth and they're just like hey Michael how was your vacation I'm like, like, all right, <laughs> I'll, I'll be a good Buddhist, you know, I'll tell you about my vacation, um, I, I, I appreciate you as a person, but right now I am not connected to you, I am connected to my project and my energy and getting this thing done and that meeting I'm going to have about that thing that I said that people misunderstood and I have to clarify it and blah, 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 blah. How was your vacation? I don't have time for you. That's the feeling inside. I don't have time for you. Now, as an adult, we all learn how to be, or most of the time, we learn how to be forced nice. You know, like I can force myself to be nice. You know, When you're three, you haven't learned that yet, so usually you throw a fit or you do something that isn't socially acceptable. But usually by the time you become adult, you, you don't like go, I don't have time for you, and you like run off. You know? <laughs> so... But that's what I'm feeling inside is the same feeling that I had when I was three. I don't have time for you. In Buddhism, they had these robes you might have seen. And, um, and in the traditions, as they developed through India and eventually went to China and other countries, um, Sri Lanka, Thailand, Vietnam, um, certainly then Japan, which is this, where the Buddhist path came for this school, um, they have these, these robes, and I have one of them as a priest that goes around kind of like a wrap, but it leaves this shoulder where it's bare. And the, the right hand was always what you know, people saw as like the, the dominant hand, even though we know many people are left-handed. But it was, you know, this was viewed as like the dominant hand, and, um, and, and having that shoulder uncovered, having it bare, um, as a symbol that um, I am, as a priest, um, have one arm available, my best arm, to help people at any time. That there is um, a way of living that is intentionally trying to build in time um, or intentionally trying to live in a way that makes me connected to the fact that I might be needed by somebody outside of my plans and my goals, that it's not just about me and my stuff. And when I was coming into Buddhism for the first time, I started thinking about that, and I was just like, man, my life, I just, at the time I was working at a bank, and I just thought, I, I don't have time for my goals. I mean, try to get in a workout, try to eat healthy, try to get some sleep, get the appropriate sleep, try to do all the things I'm supposed to be doing and hit all of my goals at work. It's just like there isn't enough time. But I had constructed my life the way most of us construct our lives and are trained to construct our lives, where we try to move as fast as we can move without making a mistake. Most of the time we're awake. And we try to take on as much as we can possibly take on, also in our social lives, also in our personal goals, as I can possibly take on without being totally overwhelmed. Now, as probably most people in this room, if not all of you know, 
that anxiety and worry and depression and these sort of things kind of creep up on you. Like, you notice them in your rearview mirror, like, oh, wow, it looks like I've been depressed for a while, or wow, it looks like I've been anxious for several years, or whatever, you know. It's not like one day you're just going along and you're just like, things are great. They're just working out great. This is, oh, wow, I'm depressed. <laughs> that isn't how it goes. There isn't like that, that flip. It, it's something's happening underneath the sea that you're not aware of in your conscious mind that's going on at all times. And how I'm living is impacting what's going on underneath the sea that I'm not seeing. But I'm inheriting what's going on underneath the sea at all times, and I'm noticing it in my body. And as an aggregate, I can answer the question, if I'm honest, are things generally working out for me or not? Are things generally working out for me or not? Would I be able to say in my personal life, yeah, things are generally working out for me. They're going pretty good. At work, they're going pretty good for me. In my family life, yeah, things are going pretty good. My personal goals, they're going pretty good. Or is it something else like, yeah, things have not been good for a long time. Or, I don't know, but it's certainly not good. Or maybe it's really bad. Oftentimes we construct lives that aren't building into to the fact that we are connected to other people and other relationships. And so in, in our modern society, it's very easy to construct a life that is about me and my stuff and my goals and the things that I need to do without factoring in the time of all the other things on the side that might have to do with relationships, with um, responsibilities, just things that have to do with me and my goal. And then I get on a little emotional island after a number of years because it's all been about Michael and his goals and his stuff. And it's not like I don't have friends, but really most of my time is about moving as quickly as I can through me and my goals. And so in the monastery, they intentionally slow stuff down and they have ways of reminding ourselves and there's things you can take out into your personal life. And I studied here for two years before I moved into the temple and kept working at the bank. There's things that you can take out that have to do with how to live a life that understands that underneath the currents, there's things going on. And if on the surface, I'm building a life that maxes out what I think to be everything that is safe for me to be doing, like putting together a schedule that has like all these goals Chances are, if I haven't built into the fact that I need downtime, rest time, unscheduled time, um, friend time, what have you, um, I'm going to eventually be disconnected, and I'm going to be in a place of isolation, and I'm not going to feel the connectedness to the people around me. And some of the things um, that I want to talk about this evening have to do with like concrete things that I've done that I've learned through Buddhism that had to do with building a life that is intentionally thinking about um, other people. That's one of the first ways to build a more connected life. Um, you know, sometimes they, they have said in, in psychiatric help, one of the best things to do for a person that's depressed is to volunteer and help other people. You know, it's like to just, just get one step away from my stuff and connect to other people's stuff. There's this... Um, there's this story in Buddhism about a person who goes to a 
um, you know, the, the old wise person up on the hill. So they go and they see the old wise person up on the hill. And the person is in, enveloped with rage and they can't sleep and they haven't been able to sleep for like a year because their parents were murdered. And it's this terrible feeling. And so they go and they ask the old wise person, um, how can I deal with this? What do I do? And the, the person says, there's a village of 500 people down there. Go down there and knock on each door and ask if anybody has your same situation. And you'll find someone who can commiserate with you and you can talk to them. So they say, okay. So they go down there. They spend a week knocking on all the doors. And they come back and they see the, the old wise person. He said, did you find anyone da down there who had um, someone who killed both of their parents who was enveloped in rage? And they said, No. And they said, did you find an answer, um, or at least the first step to your problem? And they said, yes. Because when you talk to other people about what's going on with them, maybe they didn't go through that, but they say, you know, my sister is only 28 years old, and she's sick, and she's, you know, and they start to share their lives. And they connected with 500 different families about what was going on with them. And, and they started to, like, somehow or another, what they were going through gained a different context. And have you ever been in a job where you had no context because you had just been working like 16 hours a day and everything was about that job and you had no context? And so anything that went wrong or right in that context seemed like the world. It seemed like that was everything. Or you've been in a relationship like that, no context. Connecting to other people intentionally and building that into your lives. Even doing little mind scans like we've talked about here before. I'm on the platform of BART and I'm going to catch a train. And instead of me thinking about where's the train and blah, 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 blah. How about I just scan the platform and think, who's the person here that I would not have noticed? We all have a lens. And there's people that we notice and there's people that we don't. Who would I not have noticed? And then I think about, they have been the center of the universe since that person was born. And I think about, in my life, how do I show up for things? You know, like, what if I intentionally for an entire year showed up to everything as though it started five minutes early? Because I was showing up in case somebody needed help setting up the room, finding an extension cord, maybe somebody was bothered about this or that. What if I just built that into my life? I'm going to show up early because somebody might need help. What if I predisposed myself that in the morning I needed to talk to five random strangers? Maybe not for long, maybe just for two minutes. And then when that person stops me in the hallway, Michael, how was your vacation? I'm like, oh, here's an opportunity. It's one of the, one of the five people I'm going to connect with today. Because I realize that I want to be connected. What is it about trying to have a bigger apartment? My father had this thing that I'll never forget, but he said to me one time, he said, one of the best reasons to want a bigger house or a bigger apartment is so that you would have a room to share. What if somebody needs a place to sleep? And I've like budgeted myself to where I've got like the smallest apartment possible. Now I'm not saying go out and blow your budget and get it big old two-bedroom, two-bath place in San Francisco that might just kill all of your finances. But the mentality of that, like, why would I want a bigger place? 
so I can have more stuff? What if I just wanted a nicer couch, but I got a couch that people could actually sleep on? And that was where I started, you know? The mentality of that. I'm not specifically saying that any of these things work for your financial situation. But I'm saying trying, having the mentality of having that bare shoulder. Living life in a way that is thinking about the fact that other people will be in need. That I might have a very tight schedule going to the store, but there might be somebody on the way where some sort of an emergency is happening. Just building little things into life on purpose. And sometimes it's just a mentality. It's a mentality of just looking around. You know, it's a mentality of looking around. One of the best things that ever helped me deal with my goals in business was mentoring other people. Now, on the surface, that, you could say, seems like a waste of time unless I'm mentoring them to help my team be more efficient. But what if I was just mentoring somebody on another team because I thought that that might be useful for their career? And through doing that, I learned that there's things that I saw about myself in coaching them. And I've been a coach for many people in business before, young executives, people just coming out of college with MBAs, and and I learned so much about how to be a better executive through being connected to their lives. Tonight, I am sitting here after, what time is it? It is 7.42. Is that right? No, that's eight. It's eight o'clock, and um, <laughs> that's when it started recording. Um, and you know, I had a meeting that went right up until five forty-five. No, wait. It started. It started at five thirty. It went till six thirty. That's right. And I looked at my calendar a while back, and I thought, "There's no way that that really makes sense." To then also sign up to lead Young Urban Zen, you know, after that at 7.15. I don't know what you guys are going to get out of this evening, but I'm going to get probably more than you are. Just, just by talking and having to say these things and remind myself of why I'm, why I'm here and connecting with you and seeing your faces and talking with you in dyads and having to unpack some of the beauty of what's in this temple and why it has existed for 2,500 years of people doing this practice is because it translates to any community and to any society in any place. It's about being connected to the people around you and living a life that isn't isolated. And through that, many times you even accomplish way more even by modern society standards. By putting that kind of in a weird place where you're less efficient and you become more efficient. I am probably going to have a better day tomorrow just through the fact that I got to sit here and talk with you all today. And I didn't go home and ruminate over whatever happened today and take care of whatever project I need to take care of at home and be alone with my thoughts and then go to bed and whatever, you know, it's like... Maybe it would be more efficient for tomorrow morning. Maybe my smoothie would be all ready, you know. But, you know, that's me and my goals. What is it to live life with one shoulder bare? What is it to intentionally pack into my life being a mentor to someone else? 
volunteering, and it's great if you can volunteer. I used to volunteer at a place called Father Alfred Center. I don't know if it's still open, um, but it was over south of Market, and it was helping individuals get, um, who basically anyone who wanted to get off the street and wanted to get sober, they would accept them if they just wanted to try. And um, I started volunteering there, oh, maybe 15 years ago, and um, it was at a time when I had a lot of busy things going on. And they only wanted a volunteer on Friday night. And that became um, really difficult um, on Friday night because I had like a, a life and a schedule and things that I wanted to do. Um, but I found that over time, um, that was um, giving me more back, I felt, than the people there. Um, and just having to um, hold another person's struggle, another person's grief, um, and reaching out to that. And so that's what the, I guess you'd say, the, the Buddhist concept of putting together a life or a schedule or goals are. It's great to have goals. And Buddhism is not about sitting and being peaceful and not being engaged in the world, not being engaged in social justice, not being engaged in trying to find better ways for people to use the resources of this planet. It's not about not doing those things. But if you only do those things and you don't do the personal work, you can get caught up in the best of causes and be totally frazzled, be totally um, spent, have no batteries whatsoever for the next person that, that stops you or needs your help because you have just put together something that is so incredibly difficult to do just for one person. And then no one can stop and ask you, how is your vacation? So I'll leave it there for this evening as far as um, the... Um, as far as the talk, but I'd be curious to hear from you all um, your thoughts, and maybe we'll do a little bit of Q&A around this subject and see what um, maybe this has brought forward for you.